Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Solutions Watch. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and today we are going to cover one of my favorite types of solutions, the seemingly small but actually very powerful tools that we can start using, implementing in our lives today, zero dollars down, and basically no effort. And as you can tell from the title of today's video, yes, it's going to revolve around using the magic words. But no, today we are not talking about please, nor thank you, nor abracadabra. But these magic words actually, like magic, will unlock the gates that are uh, occluding our vision on entire fields of study, vast libraries of knowledge and information that we may not even know is there if we don't have the magic words. So, James, don't leave us hanging, you're saying. Uh, what are the magic words? And I would retort that, well, it's not quite that easy because the magic words are different depending on what particular gate you want to open. So, for example, let's take a look at a very specific way we can implement the magic words. And let's think of an example. Say that you are Joe Q. Normie and you want to know about these, these clouds trail thingies, this lines that go in the sky. And I've heard some of my crazy friends who are talking about, you know, all these conspiracies say something about these things. And, uh, you know, back in the day, the planes didn't used to leave these cloud trails and things. Okay, well, hmm, how do I, uh, I'm Joe Q. Normie. How do I figure this out? I know, I'll go to the internet, aka Google, and I will ask the AI gods about this phenomenon. So uh, uh, what do I say? I don't know. Um, what are these clouds in the sky behind airplanes? That's what I'm going to say, because I don't know. Let's just ask. And the AI gods will provide. What are those white lines in the sky from azdeq.com? Uh, why do aircraft leave contrails in the sky from BBC Future? Aviation's dirty secret, airplane contrails, da-da-da. Why do airplanes leave tracks in the sky? Contrails or condensation trail? Contrail? Oh, okay. White lines in the sky are not chemtrail. Okay, excellent. All right, lots of good things here. And suddenly I've opened up this filter bubble and I can start exploring all of these different, very much mainstream, very much approved sources of information, BBC and science.org and Wikipedia and what have you. And I can explore that to my heart's content and my thoughts will never be troubled by any further questions about what's up there because I looked it up. I heard those crazies talking about it. I looked it up, you saw, and that's what I get. But then I go back to those crazy friends of mine and I say, see, yeah, it's just condensation trails and they form blah, 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 in certain atmospheric conditions, yada, yada. And your crazy conspiracy friends will be like, no, 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 you don't understand, man. They're chemtrails. They're spraying us. Look it up. Look it up. Google it. Chemtrails. All right. Well, maybe I'm a very forgiving and diligent normie and I, I you know I like to know these things and I like to know what's what so I go back to the Google AI God and this time I know the line uh chemtrails that's it okay let's find out about these chemtrail chemtrail conspiracy theory chemtrails conspiracy theory from the Keith group I wonder who David Keith is and what he's doing at Harvard and who funds his research. Anyway, chemtrails. What's the truth behind the conspiracy theory from BBC? Uh, Gov.Wales. Chemtrails over Cardiff. Oh, information regarding aircraft dispersing chemicals. That actually does look interesting. Uh, oh, there's some kind of European Parliament uh, document? What? Aircraft contrails from Gov.UK. Oh, of course, Solana Del Rey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, as you see, still a lot of very much 
mainstream, very much establishment, very much normie approved information that will lead me directly into that filter bubble because you better believe that all the fact-checking sites in the universe have chemtrails as the keyword tag all over the place so that any normie who attempts to go down that rabbit hole will be nicely redirected back into the pasture. So what is the solution here? Well, okay, let's even drop the pretense of the, uh, the friend that we're trying to inform about these issues and let's put on our conspiracy realist hats and we will have to think for ourselves. Well, I want to know more actual information about chemtrails and what's really going on, the actual state of the science, the research. I want to read some of these papers for myself. I want to, I want to actually delve into the research. But again, you throw in chemtrails into Google, of course you're going to get, okay, I know, we'll go to a real search engine. We'll go to pre-search, which you will remember, for example, um, from my conversation with Colin Pape last year here on Solutions Watch. All right, a real search engine. All right, let's type it in and see what we get. Chemtrails. And we will find out that, oh, okay. Oh, Wikipedia chemtrail, uh, chemtrail conspiracy theory. Uh, what are chemtrails and should you be scared of them from HowStuffWorks.com? Uh, BBC, what's the truth behind the conspiracy theory? Ah, chemtrails over the country club, Lana Del Rey, of course. What are chemtrails made of uh, from Scientific American? Uh, chemtrail no imi. Tsukai kata, yomi kata. In case you're Japanese and want to know what this chemtrail word is. Uh, chemtrails over the country club. Oh, more Keith Group, yay. Here's what scientists really think about chemtrails. Are you sure, Huffington Post and Universal Music Japan? Again, this hasn't really done much good. Maybe I can start refining this search and putting in some other terms, but who's got time for that? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to find any more information. I guess I'll just have to go to CorbettReport.com and type it in there. And well, hey, I mean, that is always an option, but... Hmm. You know what? Maybe if we had the magic words, we could open this gate and actually get into the real research. All right, let's use the magic words. Stratospheric aerosol injection. Let's see. So we go to a real search engine and we type in stratospheric aerosol injection because we are all good typers and spellers. So this will work. <laughs> okay, stratospheric aerosol injection and... Now what do we get? Okay, well, again, we get a Wikipedia article on stratospheric... Oh, but then geoengineering.global stratospheric aerosol injection, a solar radiation management geoengineering climate engineering approach that uses tiny... Oh, okay, all right, some some real actual explanation going on there. Controversial spraying method aims to curb global warming from our friends over at CBS News. Again, talking about injecting aerosols into the stratosphere simply limits sunshine. Hmm, that's a... What do you mean rich people are trying to block out the sun? That sounds like a Simpsons episode. Stratospheric aerosol injection. Technology briefing from geoengineeringmonitor.org. Oh, an actual scientific article from pnas.org. Potential for perceived failure of stratospheric aerosol injection. Oh, geoengineering.environment.harvard.edu. Who knew that was a subdomain that existed? Well, you do now because you have the magic words. Stratospheric aerosol injection and costs in the first 15 years of deployment. Uh, a fate worse than warming? Uh, da, 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 on, on and on. Is uh, uh, ucpress.edu, stanford.edu. Getting into some actual real research articles and things about this idea, this technique. And then actually, an, uh, interestingly, a news article that I am pretty sure I didn't see at the time from just a few, uh, yeah, just a few months ago. White House pushes ahead research to cool Earth by 
dot, 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 stratospheric aerosol injection. All right. So there you go. With that keyword shift, just knowing the magic words, we've opened an entire field of research that we can now really start getting into some of the actual technical details. It is amazing the difference between trying to look for information when you only know these polluted search terms that are heavily gate-kept and patrolled versus when you know a real word for something. Then you can actually unlock the research. It is, as someone who does this for a living, I can assure you that it is very helpful to know, for example, chemtrails is not a searchable word, but stratospheric aerosol injection is. And Actually, if we're going to stick on this particular theme, there's more magic words that we can start pulling out. One thing that you'll do when you start, when you are listening to a conversation about something like this, or you find an article, when you see the big jargony scientific word for explanation for something, use that and see if you can search on those terms and use that as a tool for unlocking other doors. And you'll be surprised how useful that can be at times. And when and if you do so, you'll notice that when people are talking about chemtrails, they might say stratospheric aerosol injection, and they might, like Derek Brose did in his recent conversation with Ryan Christian on The Last American Vagabond, they might pull out another term that explains an entire category of techniques and technologies of which stratospheric aerosol injection is just one part. In late 2022, uh, the the company known as Make Sunsets, which is really, as far as I could tell, only a handful of people. The Luke Eisman's the main guy. They announced to the world that they had done some small version of what is known as geoengineering. And I guess maybe we'll start there first. It's That's just a name that is given to a broad category of um, technologies that are used to manipulate the climate, manipulate the weather. So you have geoengineering. And then under that, underneath that category, you'd have things like ocean de- deacidification programs. Um, uh, salination programs. There's so many different ways. It doesn't all have to do with planes. That's just one particular area under geoengineering that's called solar radiation management or specifically solar geoengineering, solar engineering, right? So, and all of that is just kind of a broader category of weather manipulation and that gets into things like cloud seeding, which is different from geoengineering, right. but well, these are those, all just in that broader category. For those listening that, that have heard, like, for instance, the conversation going back to CFR and Brennan and so on, stratospheric aerosol injection, is that what this yeah. company was doing? Is that the... That's not what they're doing. So that's that's what I want to make clear is that mm-hmm. what they were doing is a type of geoengineering, but it's not the kind that most people are concerned about or believe is already happening. What we see in the skies, the spring, that is uh, uh, stratospheric aerosol injection, as you mentioned, or solar radiation management, solar geoengineering. So they it has multiple names, but generally speaking... That's the type of solar um, or geoengineering that calls for uh, spraying aerosols of various kinds, including they've talked about sulfur, aluminum, strontium, barium, Mm -hmm. and spraying those from the back of planes into the sky in order to reflect sunlight and allegedly, you know, uh, cool the planet. And I've been reporting on Alzheimer's and, you know, all the, (laughs) I've been reporting on this for years. Um, I've tried to take an approach and you'll hopefully people can see it in this article. If they go read it, Mm -hmm. that, um, and some of the other articles I've written previously that I linked to that, I really do try to take an objective. This isn't a article that is talking about quote unquote chemtrails, because I think that in fact, chemtrails is, I don't think, I don't use that term. I don't think it's helpful. I think that's the way that people make fun of this. This Mm -hmm. is geoengineering. There are geoengineering programs going on and they're lying about it and it's happening and somebody knows what's going on. I can't say I know who it is, but somebody knows what's going on. And so I just talk about it as geoengineering. 
Once again, that is Derek Bros talking to Ryan Christian on The Last American Vagabond about geoengineering, and I would wholeheartedly suggest you follow the link from the show notes for today's Solutions Watch episode to find that full conversation, because there's a lot more context and a lot more detail that they go into, not only on this particular story, but a few different stories that are all very important. But this one revolves around an article that Derek Bros recently wrote for The Last American Vagabond called Mexico Becomes First Nation to Admit Harms of Geoengineering Halts Future Experiments that is very much worth the read. And when we go into it with today's idea in mind of the magic words and certain words and phrases that can unlock entire fields of research, this is a goldmine of various words that we can use to further our own explorations on various things. Solar radiation management, environmental modification, uh, all, all of these terms, which again, you would probably gloss over if you were just, yeah, whatever. Those are just the jargon words. The jargon words can be very important. They can unlock the doors, geoengineering. And then you can start combining the, some of these magic words, geoengineering, solar radiation management, David Keith, remember the Keith group? Who's that? And it will unlock all sorts of other doors that, you, again, you might not have even known were there, let alone that they were locked. But you can unlock them with the magic words. But you have to know the magic words first. So this becomes something of an exercise, but I think I'm an easy and actually helpful one. Because when you are listening to a conversation like the one between Derek and Ryan there, you're not just listening and letting it gloss over you. No, when, when you hear a particular phrase, a jargony word, a, a very specific term, you might be thinking, oh, okay, I can use that later on. Oh, better, better note that one down. And it actually does help you to think about and retain and understand the material better. At least in my case, I've found that to be the case. So what are some other examples of magic words that we can use to unlock these doors? Well, here's one that I came across a couple of years ago and shared with the audience. Biodigital convergence. What? What is that? What does that mean? Type it into a search engine. See what you find. Biodigital convergence. It is a catchphrase these days amongst the Davos crowd and their ilk. Uh, talking about, well, as Klaus Schwab talked about, the merging of our biological and digital identities. Biodigital convergence is the, the phrase that has been used in a number of places. For example, as you will recall, I, I wrote an article about um, biodigital convergence. Uh, bombshell document reveals the true agenda, which was exploring the Policy Horizons Canada? paper? What is Policy Horizons Canada? Oh, there's some sort of future think-and-do tank or whatever they call themselves as part of the Canadian government? What? And they're writing about biodigital convergence and in the future apartments are going to grow themselves organically and these little flying drones are going to take your blood samples and what? What's happening? Anyway, yeah, the, you might not know about it because you don't know the magic words, but once you do, boy, have I got a rabbit hole for you. So, uh, I introduced that rabbit hole in Biodigital Convergence, Bombshell Document Reveals the True Agenda. And then I followed that up um, with episode 402 of the podcast, Your Guide to the Great Convergence, talking about this idea of the Great Convergence as it is sometimes being referred to, which again can be another magic word phrase that will unlock many gates. And from there, you can start exploring deeper and deeper and starting to notice some of the particular, very particular words that are being used in particular ways that, again, may be unique enough to be able to open up 
various searches. So you can, for example, delve into vitalism? What's vitalism? And why might that might be important to this great reset agenda? Or pick your pick your uh, words of choice. There are all sorts of interesting phrases that come up in this exploration, like, as viewers might recall, teledildonics. What is that? <laughs> I, I, don't maybe don't search that in a family-friendly environment. But anyway, there are all sorts of these very specific and jargony phrases and words that suddenly there's entire fields of research opening up to you. Um, transhumanism itself um, is perhaps unique enough a phrase at this point to still be useful. At any rate, you can start to explore that back to the roots of oh, okay, transhumanism. Oh, Julian Huxley, and you can trace the, the lineage and history of these terms and where they came from. Uh, for example, that could be useful. And uh, you'll find many more sets of magic words along the way. All right, let's take a completely different example. Um, for example, you will know from my monthly now conversations with Meryl Nass on CHD TV that the global pandemic treaty that we've been hearing about from the World Health Organization is not being called the global pandemic treaty. Type that into a search bar and Again, you'll probably find the fact-checkers and snopesers of the world trying to actually, there is no global pandemic treaty, or, or whatever they're talking about in that. Or, at best, you'll get a lot of boring, dry, mainstreamy establishment lapdog uh, lap articles about uh, how wonderful the entire WHO is and how they're going to save us from the next pandemic. Um, but no, okay, I, no, I want to know about what's actually going on, what they're actually discussing and, and when and how, and uh, can I see this? What's happening? So you would need to know the magic words. In this case, conceptual zero draft for the consideration of the intergovernmental negotiating body at its third meeting <laughs> might be one of those phrases that once you know it, oh, suddenly, oh, I can actually read the actual document that they were discussing at their last meeting. And who knows what came of that? We'll find out. Well, I'll have more to say of that next time I talk to Meryl Nass. But anyway, um, yeah, you have to keep up with this. But even within that absolute word salad of a phrase, which, by the way, of course, is intentionally made as as absolutely dry and ridiculously long as possible, precisely to prevent you from using those magic words to open the door. Abracadabra is easy, but guardium, leviosum, blah, 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 blah. You're probably not going to say all those words, right? So even within this, though, you can break it down. For example, the intergovernmental negotiating body what is the intergovernmental negotiating body? Type that in. Oh, suddenly I've got, oh, there, okay, I've got the actual website of this intergovernmental negotiating body, which is convening these hearings towards the drafting of this global pandemic treaty that they're not calling a global pandemic treaty. And oh, they've got the actual video of the public hearings and other such things that you can start exploring and you can start to find out more about this and where it comes from and who's who's part of this and what's their agenda and what's their mission statement and who, who controls it. There's all sorts of information that you can unlock, but you have to know the words. So anyway, I don't want to belabor the point. You get the point by now. There are certain terms which will suddenly open up vast areas of research that you may not have known about just by knowing the right term to start with. And that can be extremely important. And that's why sometimes it is made as jargony and as complex as possible. But now, now that you're clued into this, you can actually start to listen to conversations and read through articles looking for those jargony phrases because you can use them. They, oh, this is a key. Let me unlock that door and see what's behind it. It's 
it's exciting and it can genuinely be incredibly productive. So I, and it's, of course, it's free and it's easy to do. So here you go. You're welcome, folks. And now I put the ball in your court because keep in mind, Solutions Watch is not a spectator sport. This is not some program to be consumed with your popcorn. No, this is a participatory activity that we are engaged in right now. You and I, we are building something here. So let's do it together. Uh, And I call on the people in the audience, the wisdom of the crowd. I know there are a million such very handy terms, phrases, very precise things, which will unlock um, entire fields of research for people. What are the ones that come to your mind? I'm sure you could think of a, a hundred different ones from just recent editions of the Corporate Report podcast, but or things that aren't on the Corbett Report. What are those terms? And I guess the the stipulation would be that the sort of more concise that you can make it, the better. The more precise it is, like stratospheric aerosol injection. Very precise, and it will get you the actual research on chemtrails. What are those types of magic words that you know? I'm very interested to know. So, of course, I am calling on Corbett Report members. Please leave your feedback in the comment section at corbettreport.com, and we will continue this participatory activity of finding and using magic words and unlocking doors and minds, which is, of course, an incredibly important part of Solutions Watch and the solutions that we're working towards as we work together to build a better future. Having said all of that, I think that's going to do it for today. I hope this has been useful for you, and I am very much looking forward to talking to you again in the near future. I'm James Corbett of corbettreport.com.